Yes, sir. This is Maserati West, Wes Barkley, and you're listening to the best wrestling podcast out there, Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name You wanna go where you can see That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Especially when you're super fantastic This is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. Strap yourself in. This is going to be about almost a month's worth of interviews, and we're going to start off with this one. We'll get more into it. I am your host. I am Heavy Set. Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and MidwestTerritory.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on all your social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. We have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Well, you can tell by the title of this, because I try to, like, build something up, but it'll never turn into that. So, we have close to a month worth of interviews, like I said, because AIW's next show is until February, so it's going to be a long one. So, I've already, I have, think, interviews planned up all the way up till March, but we do have our I don't know how many have been in studio, but second one on my in studio uh, spare mic, we have Stacy, who you normally hear on this show. He's from the Super Fantastic Podcast, like I said, this podcast. But uh, it's nice to have you have you here in the studio. It, it's nice to not be on my phone for one of these. For a while. <laughs> and then um, not have to be maybe in your car or right. <laughs> going to go pick going to go pick somebody up from work or all that other. Shit, but yeah. Hey, this... man, life don't stop. I've still got to do shit sometimes when yeah. it's time to record. Yeah, that <laughs> that 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 was a fun episode. I tried not to do as much shit like that, but yeah, it, it was. We started later than we wanted to, and we were. I think we were only like your cutoff time was right when we were going to have the commercial break, and it's like, all right, let's just continue on. And yeah, that was kind of clusterfuck. Yeah, my bad. It happens. It happens, man. So, how's shit going, man? Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, you've you've plugged it on on the podcast a lot, but this is kind of a little bit more of a longer opportunity to talk about that, talk about other shit, uh, answer each other's questions that we have. Yeah, <laughs> I, man, super fantastic's going good. Um, we just did the first spotlight series episode mm-hmm. uh, with my buddy Rick. I say we a lot. And the podcast is really just me, so... Well, but, it's, it's you and question mark somebody else, but... Oh, it's always question mark somebody else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rick was on the first episode. He's a really good friend of mine. He owns a local toy shop. He runs a toy convention. The dude knows a lot about collecting toys. Yeah. And uh, 
I decided that I wanted to do some Spotlight series shows where we kind of dive in depth on old toy lines. Mm. And he was super into it. So every, with the exception of this next one, which is coming much faster than I thought it was gonna, Mm -hmm. it's going to be about every three months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, There'll be a new line. The first one we did Masters of the Universe. We're doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next. So I'm pumped for that. I, I am currently neck deep in Turtles research because while I had Turtles as a kid and I like them, I in no way am the authority on those that I was on Masters of the Universe. So it's it's some work. I've got like one of my Christmas presents was a research book. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's but it's fun, man. I like diving back into the stuff and learning the details. And I like I like doing the normal shows, too, because it kind of gives you insight into why people collect the stuff they collect. Yeah. Like, you can you can do a show where you just talk about the stuff you have. Mm-hmm. There's really famous people that do that. There's less famous yeah. people that do that. That's fine if that's the show you want to do. To me, it's more about, like, the motivation and, like, what you love about those things. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about the stuff. The stuff's cool. Yeah. Like, I want to hear about the stuff, but I also want to learn, like... What motivates people to collect? Because I, it's sort of a mental illness. Like it's on the border Dude, it of, is. it's on the border of hoarding, right? Like it's it's sort of that same idea, but it's very organized. It's like hoarding if you also have OCD. Yeah, it. That's. I mean, you could look around my office. There's, and this ain't even everything. Right. There's a lot of stuff like to your right. That's stuff that. Oh, storage bins. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. The collector's friend. <laughs> <laughs> but part of that is because. Um, I need shelves and bookcases in here that I do not have. And that's like, well, I want to have more like, like over here to your left, not great for, you know, audio podcast, but I have like, you know, some DVDs that I have. I have DVDs into another room uh, and then a couple of the boxes to your right are just packed with DVDs. But these are more my more important ones. That's the stuff you're going to watch. Kind of. Some of it's just like collections. Sure. Like, I have, like, all of How I Met Your Mother, all of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all of Scrubs. All, uh, people don't like the show as much as I do, but I was always a fan of Carlos Mencia, and I have all the seasons of Mind of Mencia. Those, those stood out to me real quick. Yeah. I was going to say something about it. I I never got into Chappelle. Everybody was like, I love Chappelle. And I'm like, that's great and all, but I felt he was too repetitive. I liked Mencia because I felt like he was similar to Chappelle. Mencia was repetitive of other people's work. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's something I've heard forever. Him and Dane Cook, man. I'll do like actually if you look into joke stealing, there was there was a joke that I know he was accused of stealing. And I forget which one it was. And then someone took that same video and like oh, they're like, Oh, that person that you think wrote it, yeah. they stole from someone else. So Oh well, and dude, it goes even further than that. I mean, there's been career stealing in comedy. Yeah. Dennis Leary stole Bill Hicks gimmick. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's a hundred percent like the smoking thing, like specific jokes that are on no cure for cancer yeah are bill hicks jokes mm-hmm. fuck it he was dying dennis leary didn't care he has no soul yeah. he was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna deal with mtv i'm gonna monetize bill hicks gimmick fuck it yeah so i know people don't like him but at least on that show it was like Chappelle show but he just made fun of everybody yeah like he was one of the first people to be like kanye west is a crazy motherfucker i mean he should be on his medication. Kanye West. I, or yeah, I kind of. <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad for Kanye, man. I really, I really do. 
There are times where I feel really bad for that dude. He's incredibly rich, and there's no reason for me to feel bad for him. But anybody who's mentally ill and not and being led to believe that they shouldn't be caring for themselves in the proper way, mm-hmm. and it's publicly obvious that they need to be on their medication, and there's no shame in being on mental health medication. Yeah. There's shame in allowing yourself to not a little bit. Like, I, I feel bad for the guy sometimes. I, I truly do. I love him. He's easy to poke. Well, he's easy to poke fun at, man. But I, I feel bad for the guy. I love his first four albums. After that, I stopped caring as much, and that was the. That's basically everything after two thousand nine. I like everything through eight oh eights and heartbreak. That's the first four albums. Yeah, and then there's like a handful of songs like after that that I like, but full albums for those first four I loved. And I tried listening to his newer one that he came out last year. I'm like, uh, I'll pass. I also like the one where it was clear that he was having a meltdown over marrying into the Kardashians. I forget which one that is. It was the one that didn't really have a cover. Oh, yeah. I don't even talk about. Yeah. That uh, that one was okay. But yeah, everything 808 and Heartbreaks and earlier is great. Mm-hmm. And all the beats he did before that were great. Oh, yeah. Kanye was great. That's I think that's part of why I feel bad for him is like he was. How do you go from being the guy that says George Bush doesn't care about black people? To being the world's biggest Trump supporter. That's just... But the thing is with that, like, I'm not defending Kanye, but when you hear him talk about it, he's like, well, I I don't... It's not this, it's that. And I'm just like, man, do you do you know what you believe in? He do, like, he, I'm telling you, it's because he's not on his medication. Yeah. I really... I truly believe that. The dude is having a public meltdown regularly because he's... And he's publicly talking about how... He's seeing clear for the first time because he's not on his medication. No, motherfucker, take your medication. <laughs> take your pills. It's good for you. I always got a kick out of it, too, like when uh, the Taylor Swift shit happened. Yeah. Because everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Taylor Swift did that. I'm like, you do know a couple of years before this, he he went on national television and said the president, George Bush, doesn't care about black people. Yeah. Like live television. You think he gives up? Block about Taylor's. My favorite part of that is Mike Myers' face. The oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like like Mike Myers' realization that he is forever gonna be associated with that moment happening while it's happening is one of my favorite things I ever saw on live TV. And then uh, going to Chris Tucker, I think, right after that. Yeah. That's up there with watching Eli Manning's soul crush as Peyton Manning won his second Super Bowl. That's a video clip that I rewatch regularly Mm -hmm. because it's not often that you get to see a man's soul die. And Eli Manning, like if you look, they cut to the video of the family and whatever press box they have them in Mm -hmm. as the Broncos are winning that Super Bowl. And everybody is smiles. His dad's happy. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, there's like little kids and shit and everybody's happy and clapping. And Eli Manning is like stone faced looking forward. Like, just waiting for you to add Hello Darkness, my old friend, <laughs> into the clip and zoom in on him. Straight Miz Girl. Oh, yeah. That It's it's like the same look. Yeah. No, it really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, Who knew bad. this was going to turn into Eli Manning and Kanye Westock? Well, people don't normally hear our conversations off mic. Like, right. well, they, hear, they hear the ones on mic and those go everywhere. Yeah. But off mic, it's the same way. Literally, we'll go to start an episode of Wrestling Cheers. Our normal time is Tuesday, 8.30, and, like, here comes 9.30. It's like, all right, let's start this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Can you hit record on this thing? <laughs> it's like, we're, we're bullshitting about every fucking thing. 
Yeah, we usually end in a different day than we start on. Yeah, and I'm like, I gotta get to bed. Let's let's stop this. Right. And what's crazy about this episode is it's gonna release after the year in review episode, which we haven't recorded at <laughs> this point yet. Correct. So we did make it under a year. I mean, under a year, under an hour last year. For the year in review episode? Yeah. I, I have a format in mind, but I'm not going to talk about it because this coming out afterwards. Sure. It might be like, dude, it was a two-hour fucking episode. What <laughs> format did you have in mind that was completely wrong? Oh, but, man. That's why you wait to edit this until after that episode goes on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to give myself a vacation. That's why I got a bunch of <laughs> interviews like already planned. Where it's, <laughs> it's uh, produce them, uh, get, uh, edit them, all that shit, get them ready to post, and then I can have a couple of weeks off and... Still produce episodes every week. Man, that was my plan from the beginning, and I'm still waiting for it to work out. <laughs> yeah, I remember like you were talking about doing the show even before you did. You're like, yeah, I got, I got all these like interviews I want to do, blah, blah. Then I'm going to start releasing them, and it's like... <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, and to be honest, there was some like early stuff that I did that I'm never going to release. Like I had okay. some in the can that I just... After I did the first episode, and I realized... That that was the format I wanted to use, where it was just kind of a... For anybody who's never listened to Super Fantastic, it's not an interview. It's... Conversation. It's a conversation, yeah. It's, like, there are some questions that pop in here and there, uh, but there's... It's not like, uh, hi, I'm going to interview you for a thing. And no. some of the early stuff I recorded, partially my fault and partially the people I was it, talking to... It just got a little more interviewy, and I yeah. just don't. I don't like them. I. I mean, I have the audio still, but it's. I'm never doing anything with it. Like it's never. I can't imagine a scenario where I would ever want to release it. I think the best interviews are the ones that sound like conversations, or it's just like we know what we're going to talk about. We'll get into them, but you can tell the people that have like the questions that they want to do. And it's just like, all right, question number one, especially for wrestlers. It's like, well, how did you become a wrestler? And then they'll get holy fucking shit. As a as a fan of listening to wrestlers, I like do interviews. Mm -hmm. I don't ever fucking ever want to hear anybody ever ask anyone what got them into wrestling again, because a hundred people before you mm -hmm. have asked that same dude that question. He's answered it before. The only benefit is if you're interviewing someone for the first time. When I interviewed Josh Bishop, the first thought I had, well, not first, it took me a while, but I was like, wait a minute. I could ask him whatever fucking question because no one has ever asked him the question. And that's different. Yeah. That's, so that's a thing. But like, yeah. if I listen to someone interview, like, let's say Magnum, man. Mm -hmm. Magnum did a ton of interviews over yep. the last year. Yep. I don't ever need to hear what got him into wrestling again. If I've heard it. Yeah, because I've heard it. And there are so many more interesting things to talk to that dude about. Exactly. Um, and it, and that holds true with everybody, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, people are more than the thing that they do. Oh, yeah. And, like, the, the stuff that's always, the, like, I think is interesting is, like, and it works on a small level. It works on a big level. Like. One of my favorite things is listening to Sami Zayn on podcasts talk mm -hmm. about music. Okay. Like, because the dude has a genuine love for the shit that he loves. Yeah. And he talks passionately about it. Mm -hmm. More passionately than he does about talking about wrestling when he's on interviews. Yeah. Because how many times has he interviewed about wrestling, wrestling. shit? Mm -hmm. And then you've got to work within kayfabe for some. And 
not for others. And but with music, he can just kind of talk about what he likes. Exactly. Like uh, the first art of wrestling that I really fell in love with was the Zack Ryder episode. Yeah, and that's because I fell in love with him because of the fan aspect of him. Granted, a lot of the stuff like at that time he was talking more of like of like a lot of the wrestling things he loves, but now with, you know, the major wrestling figure podcast, there's that collection side of him that I love. And if I I want to hear him talk about like Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cuz those are things that I love and I know he loves. Right, right. So like if you, that's one thing I've always tried to do with this podcast because I had an idea which I think I've I've halfway talked about it. I had an idea for a podcast called uh, question kayfabe years ago and i will it was going to be separate from the ohio indie report at the time and i was going to like i wouldn't interview it first like johnny gargano because i'm like yeah johnny and i we can talk wrestling but he's a huge sports fan we could talk about cleveland sports we could talk about teenage Mutant turtles right ghostbusters power rangers all this kind of shit because those are the, the things we shared in common and i wanted to be able to talk about wrestling and some kayfabe shit but at the same time be like hey you like other shit i never pushed the button to start that shit I was right. more concentrated on just keeping Ohio Indie <clears throat> Report, Ohio Indie Report, and then I heard I listened to Kick Out at Two when I first heard of them, and they were asking questions that I kind of wanted to, and I'm like, motherfucker, these people are doing like I can't say they stole my idea because I never talked about it, but I'm like, someone's doing it. Why the fuck can I not do it too? I I, I I'm looking like an idiot, like I'm stealing their shit because I'm doing it afterwards, but right. but I, I I learned like put your own twist on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are now with this. So I like I like being able to have like I'll have wrestlers on, and we could talk about other shit like Kevin Koo. You know, we talked about Disney and Brett Eisen. We talked about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but you know, it's an open like having like someone like you on who are like, granted, right. you're not a wrestler, but you know, you are you are a part of this podcast and something I want to try to do more yeah. is have interviews with people who are on the show regularly. Like, okay, let's not talk about AIW and let's not talk about this shit. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about other shit. So it's Oh, dude, you talked about, <clears throat> like, Johnny being a big Browns fan, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that the Browns are so ingrained in so many people from Cleveland dude. that, like, just look at the wrestlers. Like, let's not look at people who do other shit, but just the wrestlers who, like, Miz, huge Browns fan, Ziggler, Browns fan, fucking Johnny, Browns fan, EC3, Browns fan. You've got people who aren't even from Cleveland, like Lawler. Like, Jerry Lawler is a huge Browns oh, yeah. fan. Well, he's a huge Cleveland fan. And like, yeah. I've heard him explain why, but, you know, he's a connection to Cleveland. Also, Vic Joseph. Yeah. Formerly uh, Vic Trivliante from, you know, Cleveland Sports Radio. Yeah. You know, he's another one of those people. Uh, the, uh, Dana, but, Dana Brooke. Yeah, but people from, it seems like people from other cities. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not so much a thing. Like, yeah, Seth Rollins is a big Bears fan. And Daniel Bryan's a Seahawks fan. And you know that because they've both done, like, ring gear. Well, Seth hasn't done ring gear, but uh, Bryan's done ring gear. Uh, Seth has the weekly tweets. I hate football. Yeah, I hate football. I love, I football. love football, yeah. Which I which I love. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's funny. Because mm -hmm. it's essentially how every Browns fan feels, too. Like, yeah. only we had, like, you know, 20 years of I hate football. Um, but mm. 2007... That, that felt like that was an I love football year up until the end. Yeah. A playoff loss? Or was that the year we didn't make the playoffs or was that the playoff loss? That was the year we didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. It, it was similar to this year where uh, we started off the year against Pittsburgh, though they fucking crushed us. And then we got rid of Charlie Fry. I think I just watched a video and it said, 
Charlie Fry is the only quarterback ever to start a season week one with a team starting and week two be traded to a different team. I remember riding with my friend Ryan that summer, the summer before Charlie Fry was the starting quarterback and got (laughs) traded. Uh, I lived in Kent and we were driving to somewhere either in Cuyahoga Falls or Akron to go to like the exchange or time traveler or something like that. And we were on a street and there was an SUV next to us that said Fry number nine. And it was Charlie Fry driving his car. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And, like, I remember that just because of the oddity of like, oh, Charlie Fry. But I mean, he, I think he was an Akron guy. Yeah. Uh, but he was, man, he was a shitty quarterback. He's a name on that jersey that should have never get, had an opportunity. <sighs> yeah. The list of fucking quarterbacks. Like, I don't buy into a lot of those gimmick t-shirts. But there's, I forget if it's Homage that did it or that other company in Cleveland. That other, dude, there's like how many fucking companies? Ah, but there's that other one that has actual good designs. GV something. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm not too high on them. I'm usually not either. They have some good designs. Yeah. uh, But they did a shirt that is all the list the names oh and then okay. it just says mayfield really big like stamped over top of it i'm i'm all about that shirt i'm all about that but at the same time like i still need like another season or two out of him like uh, i mean i love i mean i love he's, him he's the guy he's real you can love him it's okay this is what okay this is what we're talking about that's the browns fan in me yeah. that is waiting for the other shoe to drop he's, i want he's real you can love him it's okay oh no i love him i'm not gonna buy a jersey yet <laughs> i quit buying jerseys no oh. I might personalize one, but the next jersey I own will just be a Joe Thomas jersey. Joe Thomas can't disappoint me. I was at that last game. Yeah, the one that he got injured. I was fucking there. He's my he's my favorite Browns player of all time. That poor son of a bitch. When and if they ever do get a ring, they better goddamn well give Joe Thomas a Super Bowl ring. I God, I hope so. Him? How would you feel if they gave one to Dawson? Yeah, I want Phil Dawson back. Fuck it. He's a hundred. He's oh man. Nah. Here's the thing. He's 111 years old. He fucking kicked like garbage this year. But he wasn't that much worse than that fucking kid we had. If nothing else, if if you can't find somebody better, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I do not want to see that Greg, whatever his name is, Greg Joseph, is yeah. that our kicker. Mm-hmm. I don't like people with two first names. Um. <laughs> I've heard people say that before. That's why it's funny. That kid. You don't like Luke Bryan? Fuck no. <laughs> um, absolutely not. Um, I So I feel like Phil Dawson can't be that much worse than that kid if we can't find something better. Additionally, Phil Dawson's one of those guys that needs to retire a Brown. Like, even if he comes back and signs a contract just to kick in training camp... Yeah. To to go through, because you always have a couple of kickers in training camp. Yeah. Uh, even if you do that, just have him as an extra leg in camp. No. Yeah. Have him work the preseason. Like, his name should be in the ring of honor in that stadium. Oh, uh, yeah. I get that. He's yeah. still, I think he's still the highest scoring Browns player in history. For now. Well, I mean. If, if Baker's the guy. like Dude, if <laughs> Baker is the guy, and, and they better pay him, like. When five years is up, before five years is up, when he's at his fourth year and there's that fifth-year option, fuck a fifth-year option, pay the man. If he can get us to the playoffs, before I'm saying before then. like If, we're, ta- not, if we're not in the playoffs next year, I'm going to be strongly disappointed. 
Yeah. My, I want, I had this conversation on Facebook and it's not that I posted. I don't know if you've seen it and this is kind of like how I feel. I hate the mediocrity that Browns fans love Kozar. Fuck you. I hate Kozar. Why? Um, I felt like just from a fan's point of view, granted, I do, and I'll openly say this, like I was young, like literally the year I was born was that's, 86. That's, that's my childhood quarterback you're talking about, Tread Lately. <laughs> it was eight. I was, the year I was born was 86. Okay. So that's the first one. Sure. And then 89, I was three. Okay. So you didn't live through it. You didn't see it. I didn't live through it, but let's look at, look at it on paper. You had Vinny Testaverde, and then no team, and then the 99 Browns. Yeah, I don't really like many of the quarterbacks that we've had. Yeah, because you never got to watch a great one. Bernie was a great quarterback. Bernie was a great quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield's a much better quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think when the, the long history of all quarterbacks is written, Baker Mayfield will be much further up the list than Bernie Kosar. Mm -hmm. If Bernie Kosar's Super Bowl ring was not for being a backup, mm -hmm. the history books would treat Bernie much differently. John Elway robbed him. And then, uh, you know, the fumble, mm -hmm. which I Ernest still, Biner. I can't get mad at Ernest Biner over that. I, I do. Uh, the crazy thing is I love, like, as a person, I love Ernest Biner. The other, th the other flip side for Bernie Kosar for me, I do think like he has like coasted off this success of, oh, I've made it to two AFC championship games. Those are great and all, but we never made, we have never made it to a Super Bowl. But the flip, the real flip side is, uh, 2016, they had all of the Brown, uh, 86 Browns at the Hall of Fame. The football to your left, the one that's in the middle, has everybody that was there autograph. Guess who didn't show? Bernie? Yep. Man, if you want a Kozar autograph, they're easy to get. Mm, I, but I wanted him to be there. And I figured, was it him being sick? No, he posted on Twitter that day, like a picture of him hanging around the house, like in front of a fireplace. It's like, fuck you. I get it. I don't know, man. Bernie can do no wrong in my book. I've had <clears throat> only one personal interaction with the man ever. Mm -hmm. It's when I worked at Guitar Center. Okay. Uh, his family, some of them are still in Boardman. Okay. And he came in and bought like a couple of little things. He had like a little list of shit that he yeah. that he was picking up for people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't fanboy him or nothing. Didn't ask for an autograph. Mm -hmm. At the end, I was like, oh man, I, you were the Browns quarterback when I was a kid. Yeah. And he was like, well, and this was when the Browns were hot garbage. Like, not huge. Two years ago? <laughs> no. No, it was longer ago than that. They weren't Hugh Jackson hot garbage, but they weren't good. Yeah. It was when we would win like four games a season, three games a season. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, well, at least you got to watch a good team. <sighs> yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It wasn't wrong. No. I mean, I always say it's partially because of my age, but I feel like how many other quarterbacks in towns, like, Grant, I've never lived in Buffalo. Freaking Jim Kelly? Is he, like, celebrated? I think so. I think they fucking love Jim Kelly. I don't want to say anything bad about him right now, just because the last I had heard, like, all the health issues. Nah, whatever. But, but it's like... The man lost four Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Find me another quarterback who did. Would you rather lose four Super Bowls? Tom Brady's almost there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the difference is... He's almost there. The difference is there's another side to that coin that ain't quite there for old Jim. Uh, I, so I think I would rather be, I would rather be Jim Kelly sans the cancer, uh, and have been to the Super Bowl four times and lost than Dan Marino. 
Dan Marino, though, and I'm not 100% sure on, because if we're talking about another conversation, is Kozar in the Hall of Fame? Fuck no. Bernie ain't ever getting in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame in my heart. <laughs> is Jim Kelly in the Hall of Fame? I think so. I gotta double check that one. I didn't think Kozar was. I'm trying to remember, because uh, somebody from the Bills just went in a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember if Jim Kelly was wearing a gold jacket or not. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, like, that's always, I figure, there's two rings that matter. Your Super Bowl ring and your Hall of Fame ring. The thing is that I tell, and mostly I tell the Steelers fans, is that, yeah, you have the most Super Bowl rings, but how many of those players who have had Super Bowl rings, just in general, are in the Hall of Fame? That's where some of your greatest players are. Oh, a lot. The Steelers have a lot of players in the Hall of Fame. You know who has the most? The Browns. No? Nope. As in, because there's two different number lists, and I only know one over the other. And there's what you go in as, and then how many teams you've, like, all the teams you've been on. Right, right, right. The the team with the number one um, amount of players that go into the Hall of Fame as that team, Chicago Bears. I, I could see that. But granted, they are the tied for the longest franchise, but they've also had a lot of just Hall of Fame player. I mean, just top caliber players on like in their franchise history. Jim Kelly, two thousand two. Mm, yeah, Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo's just as bad as us, though. As a whole, when it comes to like football. Yeah, well, you know, Buffalo also has like so for all the other. This is this was a sore point for me for a long time, up until our savior LeBron brought us a championship. Uh, I have a real hard time. Listening to, like, <clears throat> oh, Red Sox fan. Oh, we have the curse. We didn't win a World Series in blah, blah years. Oh, my heart sings for you. As you watch Celtics teams with Larry Bird win championships and Tom fucking Brady and the almighty Belichick bring you Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Oh, and I think the Bruins won a Stanley Cup in there somewhere. Fuck yourself sideways, Chicago Cubs fan. Dude, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna fucking get into them. Up until that World Series, I always considered myself a little bit of a Chicago Cubs fan because of yeah. my love for the Bears turned into a love for the the Blackhawks and the Cubs. Because I'm like Cubs are like the Amer the National League version of the Indians. There's something to root for. Yeah. And then when we went into that World Series, there were friends of mine from Chicago, probably the worst people ever, where it's like, well, we haven't won a championship in 103? No, longer? I, I It's broken. I don't even fucking yeah. remember. We haven't, we haven't won a World Series in this many years. Oh, great. You grew up with the Chicago Bulls. You grew up with Michael fucking Jordan. Yeah. Winning championship after championship after Three, championship. Three-peat. Three yeah. Fucking, and the Blackhawks were yeah. like a hockey dynasty for a few years recently. Mm-hmm. The fucking Bears, Super Bowl shuffle. Bears exactly. Have a fucking, fuck you, Chicago fan. That's the, And the White Sox, I mean, understandably, if you're a Cubs fan, you're not a White Sox fan, but the White Sox Dude. have a World Series in there. Like, there's, there's not a fan base in this country that has had the shit luck one more that the Cleveland fan base has had there's one Ooh. but but have you ever heard of the comedian John Caparulo not at all i'm a huge fan of his he's from the ohio area he 
he's kind of built from Cleveland, but it's I think in between like Cleveland and Sandusky. Went to went to college in, in uh, Kent. Okay, great dude, love him. Uh, he has a, he had a bit like mid to late two thousands where he talked about how it had been like at, like so many years since they'd won a championship, and you know they hadn't won anything since sixty four. Well, there's one team, there's one town that is just as bad as Cleveland, San Diego, because they haven't won anything since nineteen sixty. And he said, "Well, fuck San Diego, because when your team loses, you can go out on the beach." We lose, we gotta fucking freeze our asses off in the snow. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, that sucks, but... Yeah, I guess the San Diego dads <laughs> don't do a lot of baseball winning. <laughs> um, But yeah, the fucking Chicago fans. Rick's probably getting pissed at this part, because I don't think he's a big, big <clears throat> Chicago fan. But I remember just having like conversation with them, because they are like, well, it's not the same. You can't contribute to it. I'm like, no, yes, I can. Because I grew up with the Indians. We went to the World Series twice at that point. Fucking lost. Oh, you, you were like in formative years when they got shit on in the 90s, huh? Uh, let me see. I was 9 and 11. Oh, yeah. That's that's when kid shit matters. That's like when sports, like... Mm -hmm. There are two times when sports really matters, I think, to you. Mm -hmm. I think there's that window when from like... Probably like 10 to like 25. Mm -hmm. Where like... That's when you go from like being the kid sports fan to being the rowdy drunk young fan at a game. And then there's that period, I think, when you crest 50, where all of a sudden you're like, I don't have fuck else in life. <laughs> I'm, I'm dedicating all my love to something I have no control over and will disappoint me. I think it starts younger. I think you're talking about six or seven. Especially if you have a father who's into it, like that helps you. Well, yeah, I, I guess circumstances vary, yeah. But I'll say from about 13 to 18, you're doing teenage shit. Where it's like, sports are cool, but you know what? Fucking, for me, it was ICP. For you, it would probably been Kiss or Metallica, where it's just like, yeah, sports are cool, but I got more into that shit. Oh, man, you know what, though? Like, for everything else that I'm into, and there's a world of shit that I love. Yeah. I don't know that anything has ever been as important to me as the Cleveland Browns. Like, yeah. I don't know why I'm a Browns fan. I, I truly don't. Like, my mom <clears throat> was, I didn't have a dad. My mom wasn't into football at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what made me gravitate towards football. Because, like, I didn't, like, have a lot of friends that were really into football either. Okay. I just, like started watching it on TV as a kid because it would be on on Sundays mm -hmm. and just fucking fell in love with the Browns, man. <clears throat> and they were kind of good at the time. It was when yeah, they yeah. had Bernie and mm -hmm. Webster Slaughter and Ozzie Newsome and fucking, they were great. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of stuck, man. It was like the one thing, like no matter what else I'm into, be it making horror movies or fucking metal or punk or any of that kind of stuff. The Browns have always been like the the number one yeah. silly shit for me that I just I'll spend stupid money on it and I'll care about it way more than I should. Yeah, yeah. It's the the Browns are like my number one thing, man. Football as a whole, like, is a huge thing for me. Right, I got other really shit around here, but fucking football, like, that's like the first podcast I started was football. Was you got an XFL ball? <laughs> the original XFL ball. And I don't think they're coming up with a new one, but uh, I, I hope they use that same ball. I, they're not. I, I don't. I don't think so because I don't want them to reproduce those. 
You think you think they're gonna do the Duke? You think they're just gonna use the the, uh, the Wilson ball? I don't know, but foot, like I said, the the first podcast I started was called NFL Easy Picks. We talked about football because yeah. like I love the Browns and I love the Bears, and for many years it was like one was doing good, the other one was doing bad. Like literally, the Bears go to the Super Bowl, and that, that was the year. Browns weren't too good. The next year, year after, was 2007 when the fucking Browns had a playoff run and the Bears, I think, were ended 7-9. and nine. I would never understand how Lovey Smith got fired. I do. Love, we, we just had a conversation off mic about um, uh, Mike Tomlin. It's I feel like it's the same shit. Like, I always loved Lovey Smith. Like, literally. I think, I think a lot of people did. Like, for a couple years after that, whenever we'd have vacancies, I was like, I want Lovey Smith. Bring Lovey Smith here. That would be awesome. I would entertain Lovey Smith right now, and I'm all in on Greg Williams. Yeah. But <clears throat> with... I would rather have Lovey Smith than Mike McCarthy. I think he's going... I heard... We'll, we'll see how, see how this one comes out. But uh, I had heard he might be doing Jets. Hey, man. Good. I'll take anybody who has never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Give me someone who's never been in the NFL. As long as, <clears throat> long as they have the background behind it. Yeah. I'll take I'll take anyone who's never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Yeah. Because you don't fire the uh, lightning don't strike twice. Mm -hmm. Find me the guy who did it. Yeah. There's a lot of people I would like to see, but I'll say that I was also one of the very few people. Well, a few people. There's a lot of people like me. When we drafted Manziel, I was ecstatic. I was too. And when the, he came out with the jersey, oh, I bought it. I, I did not. I made that mistake. That was the last jersey I bought. It was part of the reason why I bought my, I paid top dollar for my personal jersey. Because <laughs> it was in between that or getting it signed. Because I've only ever bought two jerseys like that that were 100 and I think both of those were about 150. That and Cribs behind me. But Cribs is signed. So fuck yeah on that. Cribs is a great player. Love Cribs. He's a nice person. Like, so, like, he he's what I love from athletes when they come to Cleveland. Because he wasn't just like, I'm, I'm getting into everybody, like, oh, go this, go that. Like, he was one of the first people that helped out Jessica I when she was just starting off in Bellator. Like, getting, like, people say, dude, check her out. She's yeah. amazing. And now, you know, UFC and everything. And I think there's a little bit of her success besides, you know, everything that she's actually done. Right. Kind of attributed to him just saying, listen, check, you guys need to check her out. Dude, <clears throat> my big thing with Cribs is when I lived in Kent, it was when Cribs was the quarterback for Kent State. Okay. And I am not exaggerating when I say there were games that I went to uh, with my friend Luke where there may have been 200 people in the stands. Yeah. Like, Dick Stadium is not small. Nope. Like, it's not a huge college stadium, but it's not small. Mm -hmm. 200 people, that place looks fucking empty. And there was a point where him and Harrison... We're both on that football field mm -hmm. playing college football. Nobody fucking watching. Mm -hmm. uh, and Cribs was a good college quarterback. No. He would have never been a good NFL quarterback. No. But he was, he, he found a niche. He found what he was really good at mm -hmm. and exploited the fuck out of it. I, Josh Cribs is a guy like for that whole 99 to basically now period mm -hmm. i can count on one maybe two hands yeah the players that i think are good mm -hmm. that that the browns had that were like quality players yeah 
Cribs is one of them. Mm-hmm. Joe Thomas is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think both of those guys. And I, <clears throat> I am a firm believer that Tim Couch was one of them. Tim Couch got handed a really shitty hand. He was wrong place, wrong time. Oh, yeah. I, to this day, I, I have said that had Tim Couch gone to Philadelphia and Donovan McNabb came to Cleveland, Tim Couch may have taken that team to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and Donovan McNabb would have had the same meddling career that Tim Couch had. But yeah. There was a point, that line was so bad. Yeah. There was a point, and I'm not sure if the statistic still stands, mm-hmm. but there was a point where if you took Tim Couch and Carr, who okay. both came in like the same time, mm-hmm. and the number of sacks that those two had were greater than the rest of the league that year. Good Lord. And it went over like a couple of years, and there was a point where like Tim Couch was the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. Wow. You're talking, he played seven years in the league? Yeah. Not all of which with the, like, some of the time he's like a backup? Yeah. Most sacked quarterback? It's insane. I think the only one that would come close to beating him now is Roethlisberger. But but you consider the playing time between the two, it's like, yeah, he's, Roethlisberger has, quote, earned that for playing so long. But Tim Couch's smaller career, backup, yeah, that's, ugh. Yeah, I think. Couch, absolutely wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. That dude could have been a quality. I don't. I'm not saying he would have been a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he would have been regarded a lot higher than he is mm-hmm. had he not landed with the expansion Browns. I think another thing for me that like I spent like so many years like kind of distant from football because kind of little little bit like you, not 100. percent My parent like my parents didn't really watch football. My dad was more wrestling, and I get all of that interest from him. My mom. Never any sport. I should say my dad was never really any sport either. So it was like I had to find stuff on my own. Yeah. When the the Cowboys were hot, I was in elementary school. So that was like a huge thing, like like Cowboys and the Niners and all that kind of shit. So I was like, all right, kind of get it. Obviously, I was always my home team because I'm like, I'm from Northeast Ohio. This is my, this is my home team. Go, go Browns. Sure. And then we lost the Browns. And... Let me see, like, when, let's see, 95 was the last season? Yeah, yeah, 95, and then they were back in 99. I was nine. <clears throat> so it's like, what what the fuck am I going to do? Like, this is... And that's the thing, is there's a lot of guys, and I don't think about it, because I'm that much older. Yeah. And it's not, like, such a crazy significant amount, but it's enough. No. That, like, you're, you really didn't know the Browns mm-hmm. until the 99 Browns. Yeah. And at that time, I was 13. Right. Like I was saying, there was that, that time. Like, I, I somewhat... I was, tw- I was 20. Because you're old. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, I I loosely... I was like, well, I got to f- find a team to follow, but I really wasn't watching any. I was like, I'll pick the Bears because, A, the Bears suck. At that time, they were just as bad as the fucking Browns. So I was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to look like this, you know, betrayer of the team. And then also, right around that time was the whole, da Bears. I love Chris Farley. So yeah. I was like... I'm just going to go with, with this route. And I didn't follow them. Like, I'm going to watch every game. I'm going to do this. I'm just like, Lucy, like, okay, that's going to be my new team. And then my high, when I was in high school, my senior year, which was 2005. Uh, well, we were class of 2005. So the 2004 season, our football team, which I was in the marching band, we had our best season ever. We actually went to the playoffs. We lost, lost, but we actually had a really good year. My eighth grade year was Cleveland Browns 0-10. Like, yeah. that's what we had for the team. And then... 
by the time I was a senior, we finished that year nine and one, but, and then a, a playoff loss. So it was like I was getting more into football and everything. Sure. And I was like, well, I'll go back to exactly where I was. I'm like, well, my two teams are the Browns and Bears, and I thought like having two favorite teams for some people is weird because like how could you have two favorite teams? It is so common in this area. It's not even funny. <clears throat> well, yeah, you had to have a replacement. Mm-hmm. I know people who are Browns fans, who are also Packers fans, who are also Colts fans, who are also... I'm also naming different people that don't like a million different teams. All I'm going to say <laughs> is this. If you didn't have a tie... Like, I picked my team very specifically and for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have a tie to, like, Indianapolis or to Green... Especially if you became a Green Bay fan. Like that's in the height of Favre. I feel like, I feel like some people it was like, well, I'm gonna go on the other side. I'm gonna pick a team that wins. But there was karma in that later on because then when it's the Packers versus the Steelers in the Super Bowl, everybody in this area was like, well, I'm rooting for the Packers because fuck the Steelers. Well, sure. Um, Meanwhile, I'm going, fuck you guys. I don't want to pick either. Right. I'm a Saints fan. Uh, Respect. They were the worst team in the NFL going into the 1996 season. But they soon, I don't know if it was that year or very shortly after, Ditka became the coach. And they got Ricky Williams, who I was a big fan of. Yeah, uh, He gave up way too much to get Ricky, but that's beside the point. But I eventually got to see a team I like win a Super Bowl. And it was, it felt good. It, but it didn't feel like it would if the Browns won one. Like it was like a dude. Yes, it was like a, a hollow victory. Uh, but I had like I had friends from New Orleans, and I had like some ties to that, and mm-hmm. it kind of helped. It made it easy to pick the Saints as my team. Plus, like I said, they were shitty, man. They yeah. weren't. They weren't good, so nobody could be like, "Oh man, you're front running. You picked a a good team now that you yeah. don't have a team." Like, no, I'll keep up the like in a bad team. But at the same time, the the team I just left liking had been picked that year to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If garbage-ass Art Modell had not said, oh, I'm going to move the team to Baltimore halfway through the season, there's a good chance that Browns team at least goes to the Super Bowl that year. Dude, imagine what the NFL would be like right now if the Browns didn't move. Like, to me, I don't... I got past the whole, like, hating of Art Modell, but I look at... Never it, will. Eh, I... I'm glad he's dead. I, to the point, I just don't give a fuck. I wish he would have suffered more on the way out the door. <laughs> I look at it like this. Like, imagine, imagine the landscape of the NFL, because like, there's that move, but then there's also fucking, we had one of the greatest coaches in, right now, in all of football. You, we, had, we had the greatest coach in the history of NFL football, and we had the second greatest coach in the history of NFL football coach the Cleveland Browns at different points. Yeah. Like, I... No one will ever tell me that Paul Brown is not the greatest coach in the history of professional Mm -hmm. football, but Bill Belichick is the greatest modern coach. Mm -hmm. People love to hate on him, man, but Belichick was on to something. And if you look at who, I mean, watch, they touch on it a little bit in Believe Land, but there's a, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30, um, but it's Cleveland 95. Yeah, Uh, I think it's 30 for 30. The staff that he had around him good god yes like and then if you look at the fact that like that ravens team that won the super bowl in 2000 Mm -hmm. is the browns it's the browns the browns draft picks got them ogden and ray lewis Mm -hmm. 
Ozzie Newsome, who I have never forgiven, learned under Belichick what to do. The biggest mistake Modell fucking made was not bringing Belichick with him. Yeah. Like, that, to me, I, I still don't understand. It further proves to me that Modell was a dipshit. Like, how do you... How does one man mm. drive Paul Brown away and then drive Bill Belichick away? You had the two greatest NFL coaches of all time, yeah. and you, like a fucking fool, forced them both away. Fuck you, Art Modell. <laughs> who's, I, I fucking hate him. Who's worse, Art Modell or Haslam? Art Modell. There's people Art, out there who hate Haslam. I I get I get has, has, so here's here's my impression of Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam is a rich guy who wanted to own a football team. Yeah. He didn't care what fucking team it was. He doesn't care about Cleveland. He cared about owning a football team. And he has one now. Yeah. I think he's an incredibly shady business person, as most rich guys yeah. who can afford to buy an NFL team are. Um yeah. I think he and his wife should step back and let John Dorsey make all decisions team related. Yeah. If he wants to decide who gets licensing agreements and uh, merchandising and whatever else goes along with him making money yeah. from the team, Jimmy and D have at it. Do you guys do you mm. for fuck's sake, leave the football to John Dorsey. Yeah. Just please do like I, I so far so good. Yeah. Just don't, I don't want him to be, I don't want this to be the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't want this to be the Steelers. You know, the Roonies have a long legacy of knowing football and understanding football. Yeah. You have a long legacy of fleecing people on fuel and (laughs) liking Tennessee Volunteers football. You do you, Haslam. Do what you're good at. Yeah. Don't try to be other NFL owners. Yeah. I I have it. I think it's funny when uh, I find people that get all mad at Haslam, and then they throw out the trucker and thing. Yeah, and I'm just like, do you know the people he's mostly fucking are the like the corporate the corporations like not? Oh yeah, no, no, not not us. He's, he's, no, it's whoever's paying for the fuel. Yeah. Now if you're if if you're an owner operator, yeah, and you're working with Pilot Flying J. Mm-hmm. You probably have a different story to tell, but if you're yeah. working for a trucking company, yeah. it's your boss that he's fucking. It ain't yeah. you. Uh, look, I'm that's, gonna, that's the recommended place for us to fuel now. So I'm just saying, yeah. whatever. Well, because he I, can't. The, the spotlights on him. They can't be fucking anybody now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I get I get points for going there, but hey, whatever. Hey, yeah, I get, I get basically free money. So yeah. I, I I have no personal issues with the guy. Yeah, I think. When he came into the league, he was given really bad advice. He was told to trust people, and people were put around him that led him in wrong directions. Good God, yes. Multiple times. And he inherited a team just in the similar way that Hugh Jackson did. I always said one of the biggest issues we had with fucking Randy Lerner is he didn't give a fuck. Randy Lerner didn't want to be an NFL owner. Al Lerner did. Exactly. And then what was it? He had to... Hold on to the team for ten years after the death before he could sell it. Uh, I th- there was some sort of stipulation. I know yeah. this. I know that he really thought the 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 point when he brought in uh, dude from the Packers. Uh, God, I know you're talking about because Packers Seahawks Holmgren. Holmgren, yes. When he brought in Mike Holmgren, I know. I don't know. I don't know Randy Lerner, 
but I, my imagining is he went, I have someone here now who can run this place. Mike Holmgren can be in charge, and he's, hey, look what he did in Green Bay, and I can... In well, Seattle. I can worry about my football club over here in England, and he can worry about my American football club in Cleveland, and I can go back to being happy, spoiled, rich kid. Yep. Well, middle-aged man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he had other ideas. <laughs> he, he was like, I am going to fleece this kid as much as I can. Yeah. I'm Mike Holmgren. I am going to fuck this up as bad as possible. Oh, I should be able to get you a great head coach. I'm going to get my buddy's nephew. <laughs> that's our fucking head coach bingo yeah dude well, it was... I, like there was a string of coaches and uh gms and every little bit in between of like people just made money off the browns oh yeah like just just stay here for one to two years we'll get rid of you and then we're gonna pay you to sit at home for two years yeah because you have to because coach contracts are guaranteed GM contracts are guaranteed. Player contracts aren't. No. But coach and GM contracts are. Yeah. That's actually, like, something I've heard recently. And people... This has just turned into a Browns podcast. <laughs> That's fine. We're, I think it's called the Brown shit that's around here. <laughs> like, literally behind you, there's, like, there's a, you know, there's a big flag that I got when I was a season ticket holder. There sure is, point. yeah. There's a lot of Brown shit in here. That's uh. fine. I mean, and we're also at the end of the season. Playoffs are going on right now. Yeah. So, like... LeBron made a comment that I really liked, but some people took it the wrong way. But my impression was different was the whole uh, players need to take back the NFL. And I think it's true, mainly because NBA, those players are getting paid like on average. And that's average, like $20 million more per year. Way less players. Way less players. Salary cap. There's a salary cap in the NFL. Um, There's a salary cap in the NBA. There's just a luxury tax. Yeah, you, you people don't want to go over in the NFL. Like I think if you here's, were... the, here's the thing though, man. Like mm-hmm. I I fancy myself a guy who understands enough about the NFL salary cap mm-hmm. that I would probably be really fucking terrible at it. Mm-hmm. But if you held a gun to my head mm-hmm. and said for this season you've got to run the team and abide the salary cap and any trades you make and anything you do. You've got to stay under the cap and be able to do anything. I feel like in the NFL I could do that because it's much more straightforward. The NBA salary cap and luxury tax, I feel like you have to have an advanced mathematics degree to understand. Like there are like four team trades where like dead money falls to this team. Yeah. Like that shit is just insane. Where the NFL is way more straightforward Mm -hmm. with like, like your team might get penalized for this or that and. Like, there's different things that can happen where you lose a little bit of cap. But overall, it's like... And there's still, like, some dead money in contracts on the NFL, but not like the NBA. Like, I don't... I wouldn't be able to. Like, you would shoot me. Gun to my head, run an NBA team for a season. I'm either just going to fire everybody and make sure that I bring in, like, the cheapest dudes ever so that I know the team doesn't go under. I'm wondering what the year that we didn't have a salary cap, what the business was like at that time. Because figure a lot more money's going on. And at the same time, too, the NFL as a whole, I would say, makes more money. I don't want to say per game, but I know they they make a fuck ton of money. And I'm willing to bet the Super Bowl makes more in its one game than one game of the finals. 
maybe the whole of the finals. Uh, when it comes to advertising, sure. When it comes to the seats in the stadium, yeah. Yeah, I would say the Super Bowl probably makes... Uh, so if it's a seven-game series and it's two hot cities, Never you happen. might make more money off the NBA finals. If you go that far. If So the year that the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from three to one... Oh, that was... I yeah. bet the NBA made more money that year off the finals than the NFL did off the Super Bowl. I have no facts to back that up. I, I could see that. I think the the big thing with basketball is this. So, like, the Browns have eight home games. They have two preseason games. So that's ten games in that stadium. Mm -hmm. If all those games sell out, that's a pretty good haul. If That's why teams want to make it to the postseason. Because that's extra ticket money in your stadium, especially if you get the home home field advantage. Yeah. Home field advantage for an owner is the best shit ever. Yeah. Like, if you're the Saints right now, and you know that if you go all the way through, every game is going to be in your dome the whole way through, that's so much money that's coming in for that mm -hmm. team. And the players play for, like, fucking peanuts in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because their salary is broken up over the 17 weeks of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting like, no, I I want to say it's like fifteen thousand dollars a game or something. It's some like really nominal amount of money. No, yeah. uh, because it's about playing to win a championship, and the owners make shit tons of money. Yeah. So if you're if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Mm -hmm. Over the course of the season, you might make as much as. The Packers do over their season, mm -hmm. but probably not. Yeah. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and you have LeBron James. Important factor. I promise you the Cavaliers made more money every year LeBron was in Cleveland than any year the Browns have had in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. I There's so many home games and then all the playoff games. Yeah. And every playoff series, you're going to have games in your arena. Mm -hmm. Like, there's Dan Gilbert made a lot of money off LeBron James. Oh, yeah. A lot. Mm -hmm. LeBron James made a lot of money off Dan Gilbert, too. We got a championship at the end of the day. That's all I care about. The only thing I give a fuck about. Mm -hmm. LeBron can go play wherever his wife wants him to play. That's fine. You want to be in L.A.? Go be in L.A. Yeah. Best to you, LeBron. You give us a ring. That's all I care about. I wish Kyrie had been smart enough to stay. Dude. Yeah. Because I remember like when all this shit went down with him, it was, he threw out all these excuses. And I'm like, well, if you wait a year, he's not going to be here. Like, are you telling us you think he's staying or like, is there something? I don't know. There's, that shit can get annoying. That but... shit's all about Dan Gilbert, man. Yeah. I, I firmly believe he's just a cancer. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Cavaliers would be much better off with Dan Gilbert not being the owner. We'll see what happens when the new owner takes over uh, LeBron James. Dude, I would love that. That That is the future I want. The future I want is LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers owner. That's the best. Mm -hmm. But I, That's that's a dream. That's like, that's unreal good. We have won so many tangents. I don't even know how the fuck we got here. <laughs> All these sports tangents, because I know, uh, like, God with Cavs, God with Cavs, Browns, I don't know. Let's uh start to wrap this show up. Because... <laughs> That's it for this week's Browns cast. <laughs> well, no, not... <laughs> no, we have the Fave Five questions. We have to get into that aspect. Oh, you forgot about okay. that. Yeah, I have, I have, I have questions too. Yeah, so you're not used to this part of the podcast. Give me Even... infringement. 
even though here's the here's the fun thing i think at one point me and you just went over this list as a whole like the whole list yeah and we like we didn't really get into like why like i just asked it you gave me an answer and like we went back and forth and like that's where we went yeah but uh well if we go into that we got to go into uh this soundbite hey this is booker t five time champ and this is the fave five questions now can you dig it all right question number one even though i already know all these answers um <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, what some of your answers were, so we make sure we get back to that. Um, ketchup on hot dogs. Fuck no. Ketchup goes on, like, two things. Pizza? Fuck no! <laughs> Gross ass. Ketchup goes on french fries sometimes, and hamburgers sometimes. And that's it. That's it? And, and only Heinz ketchup. A little bit of that Steelers seeping in from man, Pittsburgh. I grew, and I grew up in Youngstown, man. Yeah. There's only one ketchup and that shit's Heinz. Get that yeah. hunch shit the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm I'm a Heinz person myself. I'm also a Penguins fan. Yeah. That's I can't I don't give a fuck. Red, yellow, I won't get into it because I remember trying to get into hockey when I was a kid and people were like, well, the local team's the Penguins and I'm like, no. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> up, up here, the local team is not the Penguins. At At that time. Well, no, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not even talking about the the shit jackets down in Columbus. I'm like, to me, if you lived up towards Cleveland, I would always have assumed that if you got into hockey, you would have been like a Red Wings fan or maybe a Sabres fan. Because like Buffalo ain't a long drive and neither is Pittsburgh. Detroit. Pittsburgh's closer. Yeah, Pittsburgh was really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember like, no, I can't. I can't do that i can't buy pittsburgh yet but i wouldn't i look man i didn't own any penguins gear until they changed their colors like they now they run that terrible black and yellow and <clears throat> when uh lemieux was there uh they were black and yellow but then like right like once lemieux bought the team they put out the old powder blues and those are cool and then they went to like Vegas gold for a few years yeah. where they had actual, like their shit looked like new Orleans saints. Yeah. Like real gold and black. Uh, and I own penguin shit that looks like that. Okay. Any other penguin shit I buy, I specifically make sure that it's like a gray shirt with the penguins logo you, on it. You, or... Yeah. You try to find a way to my, my back to back championship t-shirt is black and yellow, but I don't wear it much. I wear it like when we go around Pam's family because they're in Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, okay. So it saves me a argument about <laughs> stupid shit. Tell you put on the uh, brown shit later. After <laughs> after I, I've worn brown shit to like family functions with her family. <laughs> the, I think the bigger kick is going to be when the Browns actually like make the playoffs and actually really successful, and then you have the the Steelers who may be fourth place in division just miss out and all this shit, and it's kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah. I was a man of two minds last week because I, so I loved that the Browns were in an important game, but the Steelers, like, and if you live up like towards Cleveland, you don't get this nearly as much, but in Youngstown, it is very much a Steelers area. Like Browns fans are in the minority. I've called it mini Pittsburgh for a reason. It's, uh, it, uh, there are reasons to call it that. Mostly it's the cousin fucking and the Steelers fans. Um, the the thing is, uh, I saw Steelers fans posting, like, the Steelers logo in orange and brown 
and like I seen your status about this and all that shit. And it's like go go fuck yourself sideways, like you do your cousin. Like I <laughs> I have listened quietly because there's I didn't have a lot of room to be like no fuck you. The Browns are really good. No, the Browns were really bad. Yeah, but like it's like picking on the special needs kid, like. They just made fun of the Browns relentlessly when they had the Browns weren't doing anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. They weren't hurting anybody. They were just trying, man. That's all they were doing. So yeah. for those same people to be like, oh, go Cleveland. Oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't need that in my life. Like, it does warm my heart that all those Yinzer fucks sat in that stadium with their hearts hoping and hoping that the Browns were going to win. And I wanted the Browns to win. Yeah. But if there was any upside to that loss, and again, I am not I am not one of the idiots that was like, the Browns should tank that game yeah, fuck that. to fuck the Steelers. Like, no, nah, I'd rather, I would rather the fucking old Browns not go back to the playoffs again. I, I at that point, this was my mindset for that whole day. I wanted the Browns to win. But at the same time, I wanted the Bengals to win. That's why I think I put oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, because then the Steelers still fucking lose. The Steelers lose. We would end the the season with the same record. Technically, they have the tiebreaker, but we st- like I would be like, oh, we started the season with a tie. Now we're ending in a tie. Right. Fuck you. That would have been really good. But it did make me feel good to watch all of their hearts break <laughs> in Heinz Field as they watched the screen. Did you see that footage? Yeah. So good. Fuck them all. <clears throat> my, and my thing was, get used to watching the Browns win, because you're going to be seeing a lot of it. Well, Browns lost. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get used to having your heart broken by the Browns yeah. at Heinz Field. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that first win. I can't wait <sighs> next season. First win or the first win against the Steelers? Uh, the first win against the Steelers next year. I I hope we get them week one again. No. I I think they alternate. Which, I, I know they don't do this. I'm going back to Brown stock. This is what happens when we talk before the podcast. Um, that I think every week one game should be divisional. And every week 17, which it is, should be also divisional. So it's like you start and end the year with these these matchups. But because of TV and everything, you have out of conference and within just, just in conference. So it's, yeah. I don't know that the Bengals will ever beat the Browns again for like a decade. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I want to say I, I I see where you're coming from. That team is a dumpster fire. If if and they, if they hire Hugh Jackson, <laughs> I think with them it's if they beat us, it could be many ways we've beaten the Steelers in the past, like, like five, flu. six, seven. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, our quarterback's out, and there was this. So yeah, I think there's that possibility. My big thing is. I want Baker Mayfield. I want, I don't just want to win in Heinz Field. I want to murder. And I want Ben Roethlisberger to start. I want this team to be, you know, stairway to seven, stairway to seven. Actually, uh, Saturday night before the Browns game, I was at a bar and someone was like, ooh, stairway to seven to another dude. I always have the same reaction. It's a long stairway. They've been climbing it for a minute. <laughs> yep. But Question number two. <laughs> Wait till we get to your questions, fucker. <laughs> There's a reason why your podcast is always longer. But anyway, uh, hey, yeah, it's it's fine like that. I like it. I'm well aware of how long my podcast is. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, one that we don't ask as no, I'm not gonna do that one. I'm gonna do the door closed, but I think we've talked about that. Well, we've talked about them all, but I want to go food. Chicago style or New York. You want to go food because I'm fat? Is that what this is? Talk to the fat man about food? (laughs) I'm fat too and I like talking about food. I mean... (laughs) Busting your balls, man. (laughs) Uh, Chicago style or... New York style pizza. New York style pizza. (sighs) I'm Chicago, man. Man, so here's the thing. Like, I I don't just... I like pizza. The real answer to that question is I like Youngstown style pizza. I've never heard... There's a place in Youngstown called the Elmton uh, that makes... Uh, just uh, the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. There's like green peppers in the sauce. Okay. So every pizza that you get has green peppers. Okay. It's the only plain cheese pizza I buy. I get that shit no toppings. Okay, because the... Yeah, there's like a a blend. Their cheese blend has Swiss in it. Okay. Um, There's a Youngstown-style pizza that I don't like called Briar Hill that originated in Youngstown, which mm-hmm. is sort of like a... No cheese, I think, pizza. I never get Briar Hill. Um, There's a place called Wedgwood Pizza that has a few different spots. Uh, I get from the Boardman Boardman one now just because it's closest to me. But the real one in Austin Town, like the old man, Fernando, that has ran that place forever, is like he's such a stickler. Like when you order, you get a number. They don't put your name on a fucking pizza. You got to remember what your number is. Like, it's... Ah, I fucking love Wedgwood. Wedgwood's really good pizza. They do, like, a shredded salami. Okay. So fucking good. All the little shreds get, like, super crisp. It's like a nest of salami on top of the cheese. Okay. So fucking good. But if you're just talking, like, general, like, New York, Chicago, I like that thin piece. There's a place called uh, Patsy's that's, like, around the corner in Brooklyn from the uh, uh, Barclays Center. Okay. That has my favorite New York pizza. Every, there's a fucking hundred thousand pizza joints in New York City. I like that one. I it just it's the best pizza I've ever had. Like it's got some crispness to it, mm-hmm. but it folds nice. The slices are nice and big. I think maybe because I've never had official New York pizza. I mean, I've had New York style pizza. Yeah, but it's much like you can get a deep dish pizza here. But you can go to Chicago and go to Luminati's and you can get a deep dish pizza. You can go to Giannino's and get a... Not Giannino's, so We had Gian- Luminati's delivered when we were at StarCast. Mm-hmm. It's good. It was a good pizza. I liked it. It, was, it, was, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, but I would still take a New York slice, man. Like, even if, if I have to order, like, chain pizza, mm-hmm. I order Domino's Brooklyn style. <sighs> Just Domino's. Mm. Man, I'm not a fan of chain pizza. I, hear I would f- rather have Elmton. I would rather have, like, all the... And I didn't even name, like, a third of the good pizza in Youngstown. Like, I, I could do a whole podcast on Youngstown pizza. It's really fucking good. We were a mob city. We have a lot of fucking yeah, good yeah. Italian restaurants and good pizza. I've heard that a lot from people that actually live in certain parts of Cleveland. They're like, I've never had a chain pizza because there's all these different freaking shops and oh, they're yeah. all good. Yeah. All right, question number three. It's one of my favorites. Wings, bone in or bone out? If it doesn't have a bone in it, it's not a wing. It's a chicken tender. Hey, some people like it. I'm, I, I'm bone in, but... I, I'm Not only am I bone in, I like the little drumstick ones better. A lot of people like the two bone better. I don't. I like the little drumstick guys better. Do two bone and just 
literally put it in, pull it out. Oh, no. I can't do that. Oh, that's, I love that. Just take it, um, move around the meat a little bit, put it in, teeth down, just rip all the meat off. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I could just nah. I could just throw them down like that. No, nah, that motherfucker, I got to grab it at the end and break them two bones apart. And then... And then strip the one bone and then the other one. Like, I can't... I can't just put the whole motherfucker in my... Nah. Love it. No, no. But the little drumstick dudes are real easy to eat. Now, do you like breading on your wings? <sighs> For the most part, no. But, I agree. But if it's done right, I don't mind it. Like, when we went to uh, Cleveland last... As of this recording was last weekend, and there was a bar right outside of the queue that we went to called City Tap. And... Main thing is, I wanted wings. There's a bunch of bars, so we pick that one. That one has wings that taste identical to a small chicken shop in Ravenna, which is the area I grew up in. And, like, their wings are, like, if I'm not getting wings at, like, Quaker Steak, that's my favorite place to go to. And when I, tr it was, like, literally the same kind of, like, breading and crunch and the same, literally, because I love barbecue, it was the same barbecue. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, this I'm in Cleveland. This yeah. is amazing. But... Quaker, so I grew up close enough to Sharon that like, yeah, Quaker was a thing that we did when I was in high school. We would go, like go to the, the real Quaker. Now they're everywhere, <laughs> dude. It was so the wings used to be way better. All you could eat wing night on Tuesdays was always a madhouse, but you could get like they would serve you quick, and they would just bring you like things of five. Where like I know a lot of places, a lot of their like <clears throat> the chain spots, other places. Switch to buffet. I think Sharon might even be buffet now too. Mm -hmm. um, and they some run... don't even do that. Some it's which I'm not, I've only done where they they order it, but some of them have changed their rules. Some of it's well, you can only order one at a time. But thing is, like you eat one and then you order the next flavor, but then you're waiting for the next flavor. Yeah. The first couple times I went, they would give I think two or three orders up front, and then by the time you were done with your first one. They get your next one. So yeah. like they were always a that's little the bit way ahead. It used to be. Yeah, that's the way it used to be. And then I, I tried to do that one time. Like, and no. The only thing you couldn't get were the the stuff you had to sign a waiver for. Atomic. And the last time I went to the one in Austin Town, uh it, for wing night, it was on a buffet. Okay. And it was limited flavors. And some of the flavors were like tire cracker and tire cracker, yeah. Buckeye barbecue. Like the shit the shit you want <laughs> wasn't on there. Like Garlic parm and Louisiana liquors and shit like that. They weren't on the buffet. To me, theirs, because I love their barbecue. It's literally my favorite. But also Asian sesame. Oh, that's so good. I need to go to Quaker Steak soon. I, I do not like a breaded wing. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the Winchester has incredible wings. Okay, I need to try them if if and when they go back. Dude, Pam fell in love with those wings. Like. Yeah. When Potato gave her the leftovers from his wing. The story we didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we heard. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, but no, the fucking, she's obsessed with those wings now. Mm -hmm. Those wings were breaded and they, she, I mean, she said they were good. The best wings I've ever had mm -hmm. were from a place in Detroit. Uh, <clears throat> I went to Detroit last summer uh, to see Neurosis and Converge at St. Andrew's Hall. Mm -hmm. And there's a place across the street called Sweetwater Tavern. Sweetwater Tavern is just this really old bar. Like, you wouldn't think anything of it when you walk in. It's just like a narrow, long, old bar. 
Now they have apparently they're a chain now in Detroit, but that location's like the original. Plus, it sound that name sounds familiar, but I think they have like three or four locations around Greater Detroit now. Um, the one guy, the one owner, was there and was talking to me and my buddies. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. uh, It's the best wings I've ever had. They have one flavor. One. Yeah, and it's a breaded wing, and had they have one flavor, and it's the best wing I've ever had. What was the flavor? Ah, man, it's kind of hard to describe. It's like... Oh, so it's basically like a... I think uh, it's just a name, but Yeah, it's nothing. just it's just their wing. Uh, and it's like... It's not a hot wing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... It didn't have that, like, hot wing vinegar flavor to it. I don't yeah. dig on that. Yeah. It was like a... It was a sweeter flavor, but it wasn't a barbecue. But it had kick to it. Yeah. Best wings I've ever had. Okay. All right, let's go to question number four. We're not doing question number three? I it was three. Was that three? Uh, Ketchup on hot dogs, pizza. Oh, that was. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Don't question me. <laughs> uh, let's go question number four. You might have some good ones for this. I should have prepped you, but you know. The AJ Gray question. Got any hot takes? Oh, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, probably a third of what I think is a hot take. Uh, let me think for a second. Yeah, I I thought I was going to be real quick with this one, too. Um, I figured you listen. You might like have the ones that you thought of. Man, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one hot take I have, and it has to do with fucking wrestling fans, man. Just enjoy the shit you like. Dude, yes. Fucking fuck off with everybody just having like a... And I say this as like, you know, I do your podcast where we... Sometimes have hot takes on wrestling, but like, just enjoy the damn thing. Like Mm -hmm. appreciate when you get something weird, like the fucking Arquette thing with Nick Gage, every asshole climbed out of his fucking under his rock to give whatever take they had about the thing. Good God. Yes. The wrestling gods gave you the weirdest fucking thing that could have happened. Like if it had been 10 years ago or 15 years ago. That was the equivalent of David Arquette wrestling fucking New Jack. And it happened. It's real. The shit happened this I past year. I never thought year. about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And instead of everybody just enjoying it, everybody had to have an opinion and a hot take. Some So an 11-year-old fucking exploited super fan got in the ring and fucking had a wrestling match this year. Is it your kid? Who gives a fuck then? Let the kid get a concussion. I'm with young Ed on that shit. Like... <laughs> I, I just I've I've listened to his parents, her parents talk about it, and I'm fi- like, if they're fine with it, I'm fine with it because it's not my kid, I've and had, she was in the ring with a trained professional who did never intentionally hurt her, and I would I trust my life for the dude. I, here's my thing: I had one interaction with that family at Takeover Brooklyn. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. I don't like them at all. I and and I watched WWE workers make fun of them, not like not workers, but like uh, people who work for WWE, yeah, like in production roles, mm-hmm. like shit talk them as they walk past them, like so I don't know that they're as loved as they might think they are. Um, they're raising that kid to be very bratty. I found her to be a very bratty, spoiled young child. She's also like eleven, so whatever. Yeah. But I, I think the whole thing is just the dad is getting to live out his fucking yeah. dream of being in in the WWE because he had a kid who really liked Bailey. 
and he found a way to exploit that. That's their life. I don't give a fuck what those people do. Mm-hmm. It has zero effect on me or my life. People who get real hung up on that shit, it, and I get it. Like, me being real hung up on the Browns is sort of the same thing as those people yeah. being really hung up on that kind of shit. I don't know. My point is just enjoy the shit that's good. Yeah. And there's everything's not for everybody. Like, today, as we record this, there was just the thing with Priscilla Kelly where she pulled the tampon out of her trunks yeah. and put it in that girl's mouth. So, two things with that. One, that gimmick is essentially what Session Moth does, only she was more creative, and then instead of pulling out a dry, undoctored tampon that obviously hadn't been anywhere, she pulls out what looks like a used condom. Does it ever go in the other person's mouth? No, no usually not. No. But it's still, it's that same thing where, like, that gimmick's being done already. Yeah. So for people to have outrage over Priscilla Kelly doing it, it either means... And it was also in, like, one of those weird things where it was, like, one of those no-ring shows. And 21 those, Up. Yeah. Marshall. It, yeah. It's probably not good for that girl if she had aspirations of going to the E, which she's in Evolve and up Gabe's ass, so... You would think that's probably where her plans were. I don't know what that girl's thinking. But at the same time, I don't care. I'm not going to get on the internet and be like, it's ruining wrestling. JR got on the internet and was like, it's ruining wrestling. Go fuck off. Like, no, it's not. That girl made a choice to do a thing she's doing. Yeah. Enjoy the shit you like about wrestling. Don't, don't be those guys. Don't be like, I hate all of the like, uh, Vince Russo guys. Like, there's two groups of people on the internet, two groups of wrestling fans that I could live without. One of them are, like, the Russo disciple guys who want everything to be Attitude Era again. Yeah. Look, the great parts of the Attitude Era were great. They were fucking great. There was a reason why we all loved it. But history and time gives you rose-colored glasses. Oh, yeah. And there was so much trash in between the good and the Attitude Era Mm -hmm. that people don't remember. And Vince Russo was responsible for a large part of that trash. But so you have those dudes, like all the Russo folks. And then on the other side of things, you have the fucking, and I hate using this term, because it's the whole, like, snowflake thing. The lame, tired, you know, Trump cult fucking speak. But you have the fucking social justice warriors on the other side. That every time something happens, like Tony Storm just had those leaks, or like this thing with Priscilla Kelly, when I looked through the fucking, because I just pulled up through Twitter, I wanted to see the video. I had seen somebody say something about it, and I was like, well, I want to see what this is. I actually seen her tweet before I seen the video. So, like, I'd seen the tweet, I'm like, what the fuck is she talking? And then I seen the video, and went, oh, okay, that all makes sense now. Yeah, somebody mentioned it in a group chat that I was in. So, I, like, I went to look for it, because I wanted to see the video clip, right? Yeah. And... The comments on that video clip were a combination of a bunch of those Russo guys being like, oh, this is what's wrong with wrestling. And then on the other side, it was a bunch of white knights being like, oh, you are you are a great athlete. And I, I and you are you did great things. And it mean men say things to you. I will say things to them on the Twitter. Like, come on, guys, be better. Like, yeah. th- Everybody understands that, you know, you think somewhere in your brain that this is earning you points somehow with that person or women in general. And if you really feel that way, that's good. I really feel like, you know, 
women shouldn't be exploited. I don't think that should ever happen. No. Um, I think when these nude leaks happen, it sucks. I think it's shitty that it happens. Um, I think it's probably criminal. Yeah. Because you're, you know, these things are coming through from hacks. It's not like, with the exception of, I think, some of Paige's shit literally came from the dude who filmed it. Yeah, that... Uh, Like, oh, Brad Maddox doesn't have a career anymore? Oh, let me leak all this shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think her shit all came from hacks. No. But anything that comes from a hack, like, that's a crime. Mm -hmm. But find the right way to handle it. Yeah. Like, making a big stink on the internet about it doesn't fix anything. No. So, I guess that's hot takes. Um... (laughs) I think the thing that I always feel like with, and I've mentioned it, and I feel like some people are just like, shut the fuck up. Stop talking about it. Is that I just get annoyed when people won't, like, they're just, they want to tell you about shit they hate. Hmm. If you hate something, cool, but don't we as a whole like talking about things we love more than things? I mean. Oh, oh, let me say this too. I hate when certain people say, well, if you're a fan, if, if you like what I'm doing, you're a fan. And if you hate me, you're also a fan. No, that's literally not true. That is, that is, in the sense of how English is being used, that is not true. If I do not like you, I am not a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. I dislike them. Yeah. I dislike what they do. That does not make me a fan. Does it make me part of the greater fan base of the thing? It sure does. But, like, Bully Ray is real good for being, like, if you like me, you're a fan, and if you hate me, you're also a fan. And then, you know, he latches onto a bit of those Brusso followers. Like, yeah. And there are a lot of the a lot of the guys with very Republican takes on things. No. Uh, not to get political about it, but uh, it's, it's just the other thing. The other thing with that Priscilla Kelly thing, the thing that actually bothered me, and I'm not, like, <clears throat> I'm not a wrestler, <laughs> like, I shouldn't be bothered by this, but it bothers me when, like, her tweet was like, oh, it's fake, guys, and it was a 21 and over show. Like, if what you mean is the tampon was fake, it wasn't really up in you, and it didn't have anything on it, cool. If what you meant was wrestling's fake, as a worker, that doesn't need to be said. You don't need to perpetuate that. I think it meant both. Because and, and I think that belittles what those guys do. And I think there are a number... I've been privy to a conversation or two mm-hmm. where there are people who I respect as wrestlers who get super pissed off when other wrestlers go on the internet and say it's fake. Yeah. And I understand why. Because the hours spent in training, the time spent on the road, the dedication to what you're doing, the the bumps and hurt that you put on your body, none of that shit's fake. No. Are outcomes predetermined? Yes. None of us are seven. None none of us think that this shit is a real sporting contest with an undecided end. I think the issue is that uh, fans don't take it the proper way. Like let's 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 basically say what it actually what professional wrestling actually is. Yes, it's a television show. It's a movie. It's performance art. It's a stage show. So it's 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 physical theater. Mixed with acrobatics and feats of strength. Yes. So people don't have to come out on like TV shows and movies and be like, well, this, what you've seen in a movie, it wasn't real. And fans don't watch those things and go, oh my God, did you see that? 
that's what ruining movies today. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. a fucking show. And those special effects that couldn't really happen. Actually, I do have fans, friends that bitch about special effects, but uh, well, I mean, there was a point where I, I will still take it in a horror movie. I'll still take a practical effect over a digital yeah. effect, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. So, but I think the fact that they they have to come out and say that because fans are aren't treating it the way it really should be. But you know what? I think part of it too is the people who I see say it. Yeah. You don't see the people who have been in the business a long time say it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I say a long time, I'm not talking like Jericho and JR. I'm talking like you don't see people who are 10-year vets saying it. Yeah. And you also... So it's a lot of younger people that I see say it. Yeah. And it's a lot of people who... I see say other things that are incredibly dumb mm. uh, without naming names. I, I'm not here to shit on people that, with that's hot fine. takes. You don't have to. Other than the Priscilla Kelly thing, just because it just happened. Yeah. And I, my only thing with her, like I said, was that she called it fake. And like I, as soon as I saw that in my head, like two conversations that I've had within the past two months mm-hmm. popped into my head where I was like, oh, there's two people who are going to see that and be like, motherfucker. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, my my point is like 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 the shit you like about wrestling. Mm-hmm. If there's shit you don't like, there is so much wrestling out there. Like, oh, I don't like death matches, and I think that shit. Okay, cool. Don't watch them. Chikara exists. Watch there's, that shit. There's people out there that hate comedy wrestling. That's my favorite. Like yeah. literally, most of my favorite matches have been comedy wrestling because the matches and the participants in it are fucking great. And there there are people out there just like. Well, that's the problem. I don't I don't believe that would happen in a wrestling match. And this is what I would tell any of them. I go, believability, real actual believability doesn't exist in professional wrestling. You know why? Because wrestler A throws wrestler B against the ropes and the wrestler B comes back at him and gets hit. Believability out the window right the fuck there. You know something that I, I liked and I just yeah, – I had a conversation earlier today <clears throat> about – the Kenny Omega Wrestle Kingdom match from this week. Don't spoil it for me. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? I've had time. Literally, but I today I watched the the pre-show and then I watched the first match, and then <clears throat> first match was my favorite match on the card. Oh shit! Then <laughs> it goes all down. But the only thing is, like, I, the I Ishii match was really good. Ishii and Zack Saber was good. I was happy to see actually the team of Togi Makabe, uh, Yano, and Taguchi. Yeah. Because... Because you like comedy wrestling. I like comedy. But literally, when I first started watching New Japan... Dude, some... Uh, Ed Battis was so pissed off that those dudes beat Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, uh... To- like, Togi was the... You can see how mad he was. It was so good. Fucking Makabe was the first wrestler I gravitated towards when I watched New Japan on Access. Because I was like, to me, all these Japanese wrestlers look alike, they sound alike, but I seen this dude, and I'm like... Fucking racist. Uh, whatever. <laughs> when you're for, when you're foreign to something, you're trying to learn it, just like... Yeah, yeah. I'm like... I'm, literally, I've had a, co- a comment before where I was like, all these Japanese just sound like... Su- all these Japanese? <laughs> no, 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 no. All these Japanese wrestlers sound like they have the same name, like uh, Sushi, Sushi Sushi Pokemon. Just, <laughs> just as a fucking joke. Dude, well, but, I, so I can see where, like... If you're getting into Japanese wrestling and you're not familiar with Japanese names. Mm-hmm. And I've never been like an anime guy. Right. Well, anime or video games. Like I grew up seeing a bunch of Japanese names at the end of video games. I would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I grew up liking Japanese wrestling and I like like old Japanese movies. Um, 
I realize that that's not the norm. But to me, the example would be like confusing all of the names of the guys in New Japan mm -hmm. would be very similar to jumping into Game of Thrones. I remember like first season of Game of Thrones being thoroughly confused because all these white dudes with beards looked exactly the same. <laughs> and I could, and they all had very similar names mm -hmm. and I couldn't keep them all straight. And I had to go back and watch episodes like two or three times Shit. because I would be like a little high or only half paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hold on. Who's this guy? Isn't this guy, this guy that was just over here. Yeah. So I get it. Like if you're first getting into Japanese wrestling and there's a bunch of guys that have, you know, like, Takahashi, Tanahashi, like... Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. names that are, like, so close to like. It'd be, like, people getting confused, like, Justin and Dustin. Like, yeah. I can get it. But uh, Togi was the first one that he... I liked his look. And I was just like, you... St to Starting off with, like, nothing, I'm like, you stand out to me, and I like that. So seeing, like, those guys, because I don't get to... I don't think the only thing I'm... I'm starting to be that person that only watches Wrestle Kingdom, and maybe yeah. New Year's Dash, and then... Just reads things on the internet after that. Dude, it is my thing. And I like New Japan. I, I truly do. And I, I'm a fan of a lot of the guys that are there. Mm -hmm. I also, like, I bought my New Japan World subscription for January. <laughs> I have it. I'm going to watch as much shit on New Japan as I can for the month while I have it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to cancel it. And I may get it back for, like, Dominion or G1 Climax. Cause, Maybe. Because Ed told you to. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, you know what, not even for that. I mean, I had it for Dominion for a month last year. No. But, <clears throat> I just, I'm, I watch and like so much shit. Dude, yeah. I don't have enough time to watch, there's no point in me keeping a New Japan subscription and paying $9.79 or whatever, whatever, per, depends per month, whatever That's the, what I was about to say. Whatever like, the yen currency uh, exchange is. I fucking hate it. Like oh, why? It was cheaper this year. I paid nine ninety nine last year. I saved twenty cents this year. I'm I'm gonna pull up my checkbook. I did do a digital checkbook, and I have it to where every month. This month I paid nine dollars and thirty five cents. Okay. Last month I paid nine dollars and ten cents. Month before that, nine dollars and seventeen. The highest I paid <clears throat> was eight, March and April of last year. Uh, March nine seventy. March um, not March. Uh, April. 971. So the fact that literally when I'm doing my checkbook for the week, because a lot of times I put things that are going to come out, yeah. I have to like guess. And I like I think I always put it at 950. Yeah. But what I do, even though like I openly say I don't stay up with it or I don't watch it all the time, Caden uh, has my credentials. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, because I was like, he was talking about it one day and I'm like, dude, I pay for it. Do you want my, like, I'll just change my password to give it to you. Yeah. And, like, we can share it. Like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, my, my only issue cool. is fucking New Japan. Get a goddamn Roku app. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that there are, like, U.S. independent streaming things that have an app that used to work. Uh, and <laughs> They're working on it. Yeah. Well, man, I ain't gonna shit on nobody's uh, Cheerios on this podcast. But I have some opinions about that. Um, <clears throat> They're not affiliated. The other one is, but... You put on a fake mustache, it doesn't mean that you didn't commit the crime that the guy without the fake mustache did. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Changing your name doesn't mean you didn't steal from Adam Lash. <laughs> oh. Adam Lash? I don't know. 
I'm not going to get into all that. That's why I, that's why I say, I mean, you can even edit that out if you want to. Uh, if you want it there, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Um, They're not. <clears throat> But if you want to go to powerslam.tv and subscribe <laughs> with the with the promo code rest and cheers all one word, you get the first month free. They don't pay me to do that, but Yeah. So the reason I brought up Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. You were talking about an Irish whip. Throw a guy into the ropes, mm-hmm. he bounces back. In that Omega match, multiple times the dude runs into the ropes and stumbles back backwards. Doesn't turn around, hook the rope and come back. Mm-hmm. And takes like a an elbow to the back, and like I saw that, and it stood out to me because that's way more close to what might really happen if somebody <clears throat> like caught you off balance and threw you towards mm-hmm. something that has some elasticity to it or spring yeah, yeah. to it. Like it just that looked a little more believable than an Irish whip, but yeah, like Irish whip, man, like yeah. that. Leave the building out the window. Yeah, whatever. Uh, let's get on to question number five. <laughs> This is what happens when we talk. I'm not kidding. Uh, we'll go with, and I already know your answer to this one. I just want to hear you talk about it. We're going to the Wilk Man question from Kick Out at 2. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Clearly. Clearly? Why isn't it a Christmas movie? Have you heard my stance on it as a whole? <clears throat> not at all. It's. I'm, I'm completely ready to tear it apart. <clears throat> it's actually more of it goes, when people say Christmas movie, they have a, there's a, normally a definition they mean by it. It's normally your more cheery kind of movie like i mean there's there's a literally there, there, oh is it on. oh is it oh is it hold on hold because on. Shh, there's hold on. two channels on. on cable that will destroy what you're about to say no no it's not because what i'm saying is that's your your typical your stereotypical okay your stereotypical christmas movie something like hallmark that they do that's, oh no that's exactly what i was going to talk about no but, those things have nothing to do with christmas no those things have to do with a bunch of movies about I'm a single lady, and I went home for Christmas, and I met a man who might be destroying the town that I'm from, but he's dreamy, and we're in love, and it's Christmas time. That shit has less to do with Christmas than fucking Die Hard does. Are you a vegan? Fuck no. <laughs> Let me fucking finish, because okay. I believe there's two... There's you want actually... hot takes. The Die Hard Christmas will get you hot takes. Oh, that's not a hot take. It's, a, it's the most popular Christmas movie ever. That... I have more of a thing I feel on, but anyway, it's I feel like there's there's Christmas movies and there's holiday movies. When oh people, my god! When people say, "Are you mad about your Starbucks cup?" <laughs> no, 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 no. I would be. I would say if it's holiday, yeah. Then how dare you? But what I mean is, there's movies that are that can be construed as a Christmas movie because all the all these other things. But your holiday movies are your Hallmark Channel. I disagree. I think those Hallmark Channel movies are Garbage. less like what you're talking about. Like, <clears throat> traditional Christmas movie is Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. Holiday. Holiday. Um, Elf. Holiday. Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Scrooged. Like, there's a world of... Grinch. Because it's... Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Plethora. There's a bunch of those... Essentially, like, it has to involve Santa Claus, or the primary basis around it has to be about Christmas, or getting a thing for Christmas, like Jingle All the Way. Like, I get that take on it. Here's the deal. Those are holiday movies. Those are Christmas movies. Those are Christmas, but they're also holiday. So what the fuck makes it a Christmas movie, man? If it... If if it takes place on Christmas? Because yes. fucking Die Hard does. But, th- but... That's th- the primary shit about Die Hard, is he's coming to see his wife and fucking kids... 
and he's traveling to Nakatomi fucking plaza. And he's got the goddamn bear with Argyle and the goddamn thing in the fucking basement in the limo. It's a Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I've got a machine gun. It's at a fucking Christmas party. It's a Christmas fucking movie. Not a holiday movie. That's what I was getting. When people say Christmas, they mean holiday. Because let's face it, you get left, gave me that list. Those are holiday movies. But if you want to add the extra that it has to do with Christmas, all this stuff. Man, I can't get down with you on this take. Because I feel like, I feel like those Hallmark films are barely, like, all they are doing is using the, the ruse of, because they churn them out. Like, again, they're Mm, all just like extra low quality soap operas. Like, I would rather watch every shitty TV show's ever's Christmas special than any of single Hallmark or Lifetime Christmas movie. No. Am I the target demographic for those? No. Fuck no. But those movies are no different than those same movies would be if it wasn't Christmas. Mm-hmm. A key point of Die Hard, a key point of Gremlins, is that those movies are taking place on or around Christmas. I mean, That's also true for, like, Jingle All the Way. That's also true for Elf. It's true for fucking mm-hmm. awful movies I hate, like the Santa Claus movies. And, hey. like, like, it's... I like the first one. The other two are losing. I just don't like Tim Allen, man. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I feel like, a, I don't understand why people get so mad when confronted with the idea that Die Hard may also be in a category with their beloved Christmas movies, and like Die Hard being a Christmas movie doesn't hurt. Like the only reason I'm passionate about it is because it's true. It's just factual. The movie takes place on or around Christmas, and a primary plot point of the movie is that that's the time of year it is. It's fine. For people to get so heated in the opposite direction because it's somehow an affront to their beloved fucking whatever Christmas movies they love, Mm -hmm. that they may be in a category with Die Hard is the only reason that I'm so passionate about Die Hard and Gremlins being fucking Christmas movies. Gremlins, Die Hard, um... Lethal Rocky. Weapon. I, I don't make the argument as strongly for Lethal Weapon, but... That's why when I did the the movie tournament, I purposely... Well, I didn't leave out. I was like, listen, Die Hard's going to win this first round if I put up against <laughs> Lethal Weapon. I'm going to do a, a vote-in between Batman Returns and um, Which, Gremlins, because I felt like these... Like, if you really look at that bracket... There were like every matchup had like a category, and it's a reason why it started off. Ugh. That was the non traditional Christmas movie part. So I was like, okay, Gremlins and uh, Batman Returns fit that. I was actually surprised. Gremlins only lost by a couple votes. Well, I mean, I think at this point, too, Gremlins <clears throat> isn't nearly as popular. Like, Batman in general just has more eyes that have probably been on it mm-hmm. recently. Most people probably don't. If you haven't watched Gremlins in the last, like, ten years, yeah. you probably don't even remember that the fucking movie takes place at Christmas. Yeah. You just remember Gizmo, and you don't feed them, and you don't get them wet, and they turn into Gremlins. Yeah. <clears throat> like, that, people probably don't remember that, like, the dad's, like, a shitty door-to-door salesman inventor. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so much of that movie that people just, because... Gizmo is such an iconic thing, and the Gremlins are such an iconic thing. Mm-hmm. So I see that, and like Die Hard, people just remember like 
you know, Bruce Willis shooting up Nakatomi Plaza and yeah. Hans Gruber. But it's really, it's a movie about a dad from a broken family coming home at Christmas time, coming to visit at Christmas to see his estranged wife at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. And it's no different than like any other movie where a man's doing shit at Christmas and X, Y, and Z happens. It just so happens that in Die Hard, X, Y, and Z are Nakatomi Plaza mm. and fighting Hans Gruber and his German fucking little military. Yeah. For me, it, it doesn't annoy me. To me, it's not a Christmas movie, but I'm also not trying to push that on. I'm like, if you want it to be a Christmas movie and you want to play it all day at Christmas and you want to put it with your Christmas movies, I'm fine with it. But here, I don't watch it. I don't own it. It won't be with my Christmas movies. I won't be watching it on Christmas, but that's my take. The only reason I get mad about it, and I love Die Hard. I truly do. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's no blood sport, but I love that fucking movie. We'll get to that next show. Um, <laughs> it's the faux outrage that makes me as vocal as I am about it. It's the same thing that I get mad about when people get pissed about people saying happy holidays or because Starbucks didn't have the right fucking cup that says Merry Christmas. Get over your white ass. Like, get, get over your your white thing to be angry about this holiday season, you piece of shit trash person. The like, just, just understand that when someone smiles at you and says happy holidays, it's an acknowledgement of someone trying to be nice. It's not an affront to your garbage Christian beliefs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love is when everybody's like, it's first... Actually, let's go like right around Christmas time. It's like it's a war on Christmas. They won't they won't say Merry Christmas. Man, you know, that war that war has been going strong for years. But <laughs> at the same time, our whole country turns into Christmas land. Go fuck yourself. Hold on, hold on. It's oh they won't. I was at Walmart. They would they would say Merry Christmas. They they said Happy Holidays. Oh, so I mean a couple months ago when you were bitching that they already have Christmas stuff out. What's Walmart doing? Oh, oh so. When you when you don't want it out yet, it's a problem. But when it when it is Christmas, and if they're not saying it to you, like, what, where's this war happening? Yeah. In, besides, in your head. Well, yeah, because and that's and that's where we are as America. That's why we have what we have in the White House. That's why we have the divided country. We have basically it comes down to this mm -hmm. over the past. And <laughs> this podcast has gone from football to me ranting about politics. Um, it comes down to this in this country. Somewhere along the line, we quit caring about education and we allowed half the country to become entitled and whether they want to admit it or not, poorly educated hillbillies. Some of them hide their hillbilly better than others, yeah. but it's a country full of poorly educated, sometimes very big feeling hillbillies. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's a country full of people who bothered to educate themselves and get really angry at those hillbillies. But the hillbillies don't understand how wrong they can be because they don't have the education. The people on the other side don't understand how pretentious they're coming off. Yeah. Because they know, and hard pill to fucking swallow, and I try to ride down the middle as much as I can, mm -hmm. but I lean very left. Mm -hmm. I'm a gun owner, but I lean very left. Mm -hmm. um, Irony that you actually lean very left when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a communication problem. And part of it comes down to, like, talking about facts. Well, you only understand facts 
if you're educated on facts. No. So there's, and there's the, the people in the middle for the most part are either people who are now too embarrassed to be part of this group or this group or people who've checked out. Yeah. And they're the bigger problem than these fucking people. The people who've checked out. Mm-hmm. If you've checked out, that means you don't give a shit about any of this or any of us. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a huge. That's again maybe a bigger problem than Johnny. The world's against me, white man over here, and ultra liberal. Yeah, you know, millennial over here who has some good ideas, but maybe doesn't understand what it would really take to do it. Yeah. This country is overrun by greed. Mm-hmm. It's overrun by a lack of education and a lack of empathy. And I don't totally understand how we got here, but it's certainly not how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not what I thought I was going to turn into a middle-aged man around. I don't know. <laughs> All because of Die Hard. That rant just happened. I know. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> All right, uh... I guess that qu- gets into question number six. Oh, yeah, because your five questions aren't five questions. Nope. <laughs> okay. I didn't really think of one for you, but uh, <laughs> I'll recycle one because I, I I felt like of what we've talked about, this kind of touched on it, so it's going to come full circle. Okay. Is uh, which Cleveland team is going to be the next to win a championship? The Cleveland Browns. What year? 2020. God, I hope so. I believe it. I truly do. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially if Greg Williams continues to be the head coach and Kitchens continues to be the offensive coordinator. If they get a good wide receiver, a good number one wide receiver in to complement the talent that's there. Mm-hmm. If they can sure up the linebacker core just a smidge. I love Schobert. I think he's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I love Jamie Collins, but he gets older every year. Yeah. They need to focus on some outside linebackers this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the secondary is almost where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward's great. I've always liked Brian Body Calhoun. Mm-hmm. They might want to look at a different interior lineman to line up beside Ogan Joby. Mm-hmm. But there might already be one <clears throat> that wasn't quite ready this year. Yeah. I just, I feel like they're close, man. I feel like they're really fucking close. Yeah. Like, the backfield's there, the quarterback's there, the middle of the line is there. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Is he Alex Mack? No. But we've got a great center. We've got great guards. Batonio is fantastic. Yeah. Just unreal good. We should have never got rid of Mitchell Schwartz. Mm-hmm. The right tackle's fine, but the left tackle, we need somebody real. Mm-hmm. The bad news is I don't <clears throat> I don't see any free agents coming open the way there were last year to pull a veteran in mm-hmm. at left tackle. And even if they draft the best left tackle this year and he has qualities better than anybody we fielded this year, mm-hmm. left tackle takes time to get great at in the NFL. Yeah. To move from college. I mean, even if you look, <clears throat> Joe Thomas year one was good. But he wasn't Joe Thomas year two. No. Or Joe Thomas year three. Yeah. So even with a guy that's like the most elite at that position, it still took a little bit of time. But that's if, why I'm saying 2020. Yeah. I was thinking even if you pick the best in the draft at that position, if you get help elsewhere, 
that won't be as big of an issue. But to where, yeah, where you get to 2020, we're going to be a great fucking team. And I, I, w- I would love to actually see for the first time in a very long time with this Browns team to be able to go from a good season to an even better season instead of bad season, bad season, good season, bad season, bad season, bad season, good season, bad season, bad season. Oh, it's going to happen. They're mm. going to have a winning record next year. And the reason I say 2022 is Ben Roethlisberger's gone by 2020. That was actually something I was going to propose on Facebook, something we, we were talking about earlier about Roethlisberger. Literally, at the end of the season, two years ago, he said, oh, I think I might retire next year. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. And then the end of last season, he's like, I'm going to play about five more years. I'm yeah. like, how did you just go from I'm really close to retiring to, no, I got, I got some left in the tank. I can do it. Yeah. Stubbornness. Yeah. That, and it's been kind of fun to see the Steelers fan base suffer. Yeah. With a lot of the drama good. and turmoil. We're just like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not the best, but record-wise, you're better than us. But you know what? We got rid of Manziel. We got rid of Josh Gordon. And now you guys got you guys sat there and laughed at us. Well, guess what? Fuck you. You yeah. got the same shit. Well, it's, it's good to see somebody who gloated so much take it on the chin. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like, so Roethlisberger will be gone. Okay. Cincinnati's a dumpster fire. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they're going to run uh, the Heat Miser anymore down there as quarterback. <laughs> uh, but I feel like Dalton's days are probably numbered. We're just wrapping it all up in a Christmas movie, going back to the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the Ravens, for as good as they are... Lamar Jackson is a dangerous prospect Yeah, in that if he doesn't learn to not tuck and run as much as he does, no, he's going to get hurt. It no. just happens. Every running quarterback hits a point where they have to either tone back the amount of running they do or they get really seriously injured. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's scary right now. He's also a little bit scary because people haven't had time to scout him. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. But the Ravens, the Ravens are definitely a contender in the AFC North. But I think that mythical time has finally came where the Browns have their comeuppance yep. and they're at the top of the AFC North. I think, I think there's a very good chance they win the AFC North and make the playoffs next year. And I think that experience will help them the following year yep. to succeed in making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I realize. But the team's cheap still for two years. Yep. Like, the players who we brought in will be on their fourth year at that point. Like, like Miles Garrett will be on his fourth year Wow. in 2020. He'll still be on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Now, when we have to start paying all these guys, whew, man, I hope we keep the right ones. Yeah. But I think a lot of these guys, I think you're going to see this Cleveland team be like that Seattle team was where some guys take friendly deals to keep the band together Mm -hmm. to see what they can do. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't do anything, you'll start to get the Richard Shermans and the, the guys who want out because it's not fun anymore. No, but I, that's my hope. Okay. My hope is that 2020 and it's the Browns. Any, uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we start recording your podcast? Uh, listen to my podcast. Super fantastic. (laughs) It'll have uh, more of this. And less of me ranting about politics. <laughs> All right. Um, 
You can find myself at Heavyset330, much like you can find this show at Wrestling Cheers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose, a desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. We have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.podbean.com. Check out all our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and Old School at the Movies, and check out our other podcast friends, such as Center Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, The Dave Dynasty Show, Kick Out at Two, the IndieCast, Sobros Network, and the Big Gold Belt Podcast. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, PowerSlam.tv. Like I said, use Wrestling Cheers, all run word as a promo code. Get your first month free. Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, WrestleVoid, Midwest Territory, and Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Even if you just go on lengthy, weird tangent rants and think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Later. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You're a fake way of dancing Rose are all the same You're a fake way everybody knows your name Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.